we're going to bring you from this point forth so much useless information that you'll that puke. Therein lies the beauty. <laughs> we puke. We're advocates of perjurious society. <laughs> This is Dr. Tar and Professor Feather and the Midnight Gadfly of Unsane Radio. Radio. Whoa, 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 whoa. This episode is brought to you by Cyclops Movies. Oh, the best. <laughs> okay, Tar, another one. Gadfly, another one. We're on a roll. <laughs> What are we going to be talking about this episode? Oh, oh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We got a really long horror host segment for you this time. <laughs> uh, yes, Because we do. it's one of our heroes. We it, talked about him last week. Yeah, we did. Uh, Sir Graves Gasling. Yes. And then we've got Whit Bissell. <laughs> oh, yes. Whit Bissell is going to be our uh, actor spotlight. He's kind of like the uh, another John Agar. Yeah. What movies are we going to... We're going to do a movie spotlight. Actually, it's a two-movie spotlight tonight. This week, we didn't do it this last weekend, or the last time, I mean. This is uh, brand new. What movies are we going to be doing, Tar? Uh, Blade Runner and uh, the sequel... Uh... Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yes. So that ought to be exciting. And then we'll have the briefcase, our uh, crew movie picks of the week. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. So... We might as well get started right into it with a uh, little bit of Sir Graves Ghastly. Supernatural, ghost stories, monster tales, stories to chill your blood, tales to run fingers of fear up and down your spine. So, my dears, turn out your lights, pull down the shades, draw the drapes, cuddle up in your favorite spot by the telly, and glue your little eyes to your TV screen for today's tale of terror. Oh, yes, Sir Graves Castley, straight out of Detroit, Michigan. There's something so comforting about that. <laughs> yes, well, that's because we all pretty much uh, lived through Sir Graves' time. Um, you know, he went from, what, 1962 until 1982. That's 15 years. He did 15 seasons. I think that's pretty good. That's and, incredible. When, and he maintained that spit curl the, <laughs> the entire whole time. time. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> You know, he was born in 1913, so um, he, he worked quite, a while, in, quite a while ago. Yeah, before in television, he worked in radio, and, and, and before he came back to Cleveland, and it was like... Uh, yeah, he did some stuff, yeah. He did he did a lot of stuff in, in radio until he started into, that, into that the movies, or slow into transitioned TV, to, Yeah, slow transition to TV, and, and yeah, yeah. Didn't he work on, like, some children's shows? And Yeah, yeah, like, like he was grew up around in the Cleveland area and um, then he started working on uh, in on WNBK channel 4 in Cleveland um, he hosted a movie called one o'clock Playhouse he hosted this this show until 1956 but he yeah he was on Woodrow the woodsman that, that, that sounds familiar yes he was a uh, it was a kids show he was a co-producer um, he also did the puppeteering 
for the show. Um, I never saw it. I, that's one show I never did see. It sounds familiar. I'm trying to think if I... Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, he was on that. He was. He never appeared on it. He just... His face never appeared on it. He but was didn't he it. supply a lot, of, a lot of the voices and all that stuff? Too, oh, right? yeah. That's the where he developed yeah. his... He could do 27 different uh, ethnic dialects. <laughs> so they say. So that's, they say, well, that's pretty good. And I remember him doing an awful lot. So who knows? <laughs> It could be 27. Maybe it was only 26. But anyway, <laughs> you know, one of the funny things that he did in the in the early 60s, while he was doing this, uh, he was doing his uh, this Woodrow the um, Woodrow the Woodsman show. <laughs> well, he also started making public appearances as a fake Russian science professor named Mishislav Dobroyan, who raved about UFO sightings and government cover-ups. Oh. <laughs> he would wear a fake beard mustache where them comes from, <laughs> and would finally reveal himself to the audience at the end of the performance I guess you know people just went crazy because he would like profess uh, allegiance to, to Soviets and people were getting mad at him and but then at the end he'd come in there like oh you know to have a good time that but, is awesome I think it is fake news well then in 1965 Woodrow the Woodsman moved to Detroit <laughs> Now, uh, Lawson Deming, who is really Sir Graves Ghastly, didn't want to make the move. He didn't want to move to Detroit, but the show moved there anyway, and it got a three-year contract. Oh. So he had to perform, oh. you know, on the show in, in the Detroit area. This didn't mean he moved to Detroit. He just performed on the show. Well, then, right before, I guess this was, would be in, what, 1965 or so, 64, 65, um, they... Channel 2 had a horror host named Morgus the Magnificent. Who was, was played he was played by Sid Knoll. Yeah, he was That was one of yours. I mean, uh, Yes, it's one, one that I grew up. I saw him uh, for for the brief time he was in in um, Michigan. He was actually he originally uh, did his show in New Orleans. That's a whole other story. We'll talk about Morgus at some other. Yeah, this is just before I But anyway, they lost Morgus and so they were looking for a new horror host, and they offered the job to Lawson. That's interesting. History was born. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Because, you know, he created and performed almost all the characters on the show. You know, he did, his first character was Baruba, who wore a monk's cowl and did Sir Graves' bidding. And it was actually Sir Graves, but with the, with the monk's cowl pulled down so you couldn't see his face. <laughs> I liked... Uh... The, the blob, just the upside down glob. Glob, I'm sorry. Yes, the glob. The, glob. the upside down upside face. Upside down, the little face drawn above that. Yeah, just. Oh, yeah, that was stuff. one of his and, best. And he would lip sync songs that would be like Spike Jones songs, yeah, uh, all of the all of those Keech songs, and, his, and he would uh, lip sync it. His Aunt Tilly. Yeah, Tilly Trollhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was pretty good. Anyway, so he, he was going for. You know, like I said, from 69, 67 to 82. And he was tremendously popular. But you know, and this is something that I didn't know until I really started digging into him because I was familiar with Sir Graves out of Cleveland. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, out of Detroit. Um, but it seems that he was so popular that he got another show in Washington, D.C. That right. was a Friday night. He did two shows in Washington, D.C., for a couple of years this i think was in the late 60s early 70s something like that but he did a friday night 11:30 show that was more adult oriented darker but then he did a four o'clock matinee show for kids and he did this for a couple of years did he do that and, on uh, in detroit well, yes he did but he also did yes he did or the, that format he, I should he did say. briefly he was on at night at 11:30 um for a short time um I think a year maybe. Right. And yeah. he was like on a Sunday at 1130 or and he was at 11:30 like on Friday nights and then again at uh, one o'clock on Saturday if he wasn't bumped by a sports event, a bas basketball game, something like that. Um, but anyway, and he also had a show in Cleveland at the same time. Now the show in Cleveland, they couldn't um, there was a problem with the name. so they named him like alucard you know it was a whole different name they even had postcards printed up with that name and everything but another interesting fact was he commuted to detroit to do sir graves ghastly from where 
from Cleveland. He lived in the Cleveland area. So that's, I never knew that. He has a, he has a whole. Really? He commuted for that? Yes, time? yes, yes. He would huh. go back and forth. On, take a bus. He, early on, he would fly, but he was due to take a, a, the plane and he couldn't make it. That plane crashed and killed all nine people aboard. So he said from then on he was going to take a bus to, Cle- to Detroit wow. and Cleveland. Isn't that 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 little bit of trivia there? And paranormal. But anyway, he was he was a fantastic host. We all um, just loved him. We were all were able to experience him on the Friday nights or on Saturday afternoons it, or the specials. He did he did a lot of specials, Halloween specials. Uh, that yeah, that to me that's one of my best Halloweens was with him. You know, you get done trick-or-treating, and then you had a, a full night of just Sir Graves, classic monsters and Sir Graves. It, the, the the little minor guys, or what were those? Uh, yes, yes, like uh, Real or... McCoy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The who, Real who, McCoy. Who would, he was the guy that oh, sat on the... Good. He sat on the uh, uh, the coffin and introduced the movie. Right. And said what the movie was. But he's was. like that, that yes, tiny little small. guy. He yeah. was small, yes. Yeah, and Sir Graves would even go out and see... They'd have him and sitting talk, there yes. and talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I. It was one of definitely one of our favorite shows. But you know, he did in 1976 when King Kong remake was released. He hosted Night of the Apes in primetime. This is in 1976, where he showed the original King Kong from 33 and Mighty Joe Young. Oh, now, that, I thought that, I think that and cool. that was in 1976. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. But anyway, so that's, I mean, that's Sir Graves. What else can we say about Sir Graves? Childhood memories for some of us. I was a little older, but great memories. I loved him. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Check him out. Oh, I would like to say, um, I'd like to thank Keith Milford. Now, Keith has a website that is called sirgravesgastly.com. This is a veritable font of info on Sir Graves. He's even got TV listings for most of Sir Graves' movies, which is amazing. This guy did his homework, man. You gotta, you gotta go and check out the site. Um, we'll put it in the notes. It'll be in the notes. There you have it, Sir Graves Gasly. What are we gonna talk about now? What do we have? Our, uh, our we can talk about wit. Oh my God! We're gonna talk about wit. Our actor spotlight, 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 spotlight. Another, an, it's another uh, B movie workhorse here that just constantly worked. The man couldn't stop. And you, everybody, anybody who knows his name, once you know his name and you see him, you, you, he just like Tar says, he pops he, up. He everywhere. literally pops up everywhere, and uh, some good, some not so good, but he's there. He's usually the military guy, the the consoling uncle. The, I, I, he just, he's just that average guy there. Well, yeah, he. Well, yes, that's true. But you know that early on, um, like he appeared in some of the, uh, like the noir movies. Um, oh shoot, I, mean, I can't even think. I'm, told, I'm blown. I'm, I'm pulling a blank. Like um, the big combo, and he walks by night. He played in them, and the reason that the directors got him because they they said he had like a psychotic uh, air about him, air yeah, about yeah. him, and and they liked that. They liked that. They said he had this this weird air, and if you watch those movies, he does. So he was actually a pretty good actor. That's some of his first just, movies. Though, wait, he right. pretty much got stuck in like a, an authority figure as an authority figure who wasn't always on the up and up, such as uh, it wasn't he in. Uh, I was a teenage. Oh, Frankenstein and, and, and uh, uh, well, Teenage Werewolf. I was a Teenage Werewolf. Oh, uh, which yeah. is I like that movie. But he was in those movies. Yeah, Michael. He played Landon. in a, he played in a lot of movies. Oh yes, he did. And he, yeah, all Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, the stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, he was in the Body teams. Snatchers in 1956. You know, as early as he was in Target Earth. Do you yes. remember that? The Atomic Kid, 1954. A lot of times, the Colonel. He was always the Colonel. Yeah. Monster on Campus, The Time Machine. He was in Soylent Green. Didn't have a big role, but he was there. <laughs> and a lot. You're right. A lot of TV stuff. Man from Uncle, The Invaders, The Outer Limits. 
the bionic woman, and the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Early Marvel. He started out as a Broadway actor, if I remember correctly, and did, did some time there. And then when he decided he wanted to be a movie actor, his, his first role was uh, uncredited part in Errol Flynn's swashbuckler, The Seahawk. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, but barely remember him in that, yeah. If you knew now, he you know. But then he started getting a lot of roles. That's why I said, uh, you know, directors liked his portrayal of neurotic instability and weaselly dishonesty. <laughs> Those are great lines. <laughs> Brilliant marketing. <laughs> there you have it. That's Whit Bissell. Whit He's Bissell. our movie spotlight, and the, or um, actor spotlight. And the man was in a lot of stuff. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for the movie Spotlight. Every now and then we're just going to take a, a movie or two, as in as is the case in this episode, and uh, give our analysis, our, our opinions about this movie, or movies in this case. And as we said, we're talking about the iconic Blade Runner, and then the uh, kind of sequel, Blade Runner 2049, which is a sequel. And we're going to be talking about these movies. Blade Runner, 1982. I'm kind of nervous when I take tests. Take tests. skin jobs walking the streets. They're either a benefit or a hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. Not my problem. I'm Rachel. Deckard. Have you ever retired a human by mistake? By mistake, by mistake. Starring Harrison Ford. Yes. And uh, Rutger Hauer. Sean Young. Oh, 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 oh. Daryl Hannah. M. Emmett Walsh, one of my all-time favorite actors. You know who he is, don't you? He's the, the, the sergeant or the, his boss, the cop boss. Yeah, that's M. Emmett Walsh. I love him. But this is a, what they call a neo-noir or tech-noir movie, which is just a fancy name for film noir, um, upgraded. Directed by Ridley Scott. Yes, yes. And uh, who did the music? Anybody know? Vangelis. Oh yes, the one of the best soundtracks ever to come down the pike. But this was a wait, wait, wait. Is that how you say that, Vangelis? I don't know. I've heard it Vangelis. I've heard it Vangelis. I don't know. What do you prefer, Vangelis? <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> Hey, he's one of my favorite uh, composers, so I, I don't care how he, you say his name. He's great. Cinematography by Jordan Cronworth. Art concepts by Sid Mead. Sid Mead. What's this movie about? Slavery. That is one thing. Slavery is one thing. That's deep. That's good. It's about corporations and how they manipulate. That's deep. That's good. <laughs> it's about a guy who's a blade runner. He's kind of a cop. I don't know what that means. He's he charged androids, artificial replicants. Humans. Replicants. Yes. This is, movie was based on the novel by Philip K. Dick called. Do androids dream of electric sheep? That's one of the all-time greatest titles ever. And the, the movie and the book, yeah, not so much alike, which is good. The movie is its own its own entity. This is one of my personal favorite movies. Um, I've watched it endlessly. I have every 
version of it. I actually have, I'm going to geek out now. I have the little briefcase that has all the versions of the movie. It has a couple of holograms. It has a little uh, imitation of the car. It also has a little, um, it, a plastic version of the origami oh, I was gonna say this. unicorn. Yeah, it's 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 a thing of beauty. But as a present for me from from a very special person, Mr. Mr. Gadfly. <laughs> it was great. It's great. But anyway, one of my all-time favorite movies. Well, it, here's a, a, a nice anecdote about that is that uh, when that movie came out in theaters, uh, Professor Feather opted to go to see a movie about midgets. By, do you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. I, this I, I went to see uh, Blade Runner because it had hand motherfucking solo in it. Uh, and you went to see, it's a Terry Gilliam flick. Oh, the boy really? With, oh, the oh, boy uh, with the, the midgets. Oh, the... Time Bandits. Time Bandits. <laughs> oh, I forgot. That's, oh. I like Time Bandits. Though, you too. did. I, I did. Re- That's true. I forgot all about that. And I remember because we split off when you had seen your friend Dwight. Who's Dwight? Dwight Ashley. There you go. You saw him. And you're like, bye. Across the, across the theater. And then we split ways and we both hated the movies that we had seen. We did. We, we all drove home and went, you're like going, ah. Fucking time bandits. And I'm like, ah, that wasn't Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's funny because years later, I love them both. Yes, they're both yes, me too. Phenomenal films. I have a problem when I go to see movies sometimes for the first time. They they bother me sometimes. Yeah. You know why? I don't reflect enough. No. No, it's because it depends on what fucking mood you're in at that time. Well, it, it really true. does. That's you true. Know, if the mood gets triggered, you go, poof. All right. But then, oh, well, oh, dopey me. So, but then I end up with seven versions of the movie. <laughs> and I can tell you all the differences between well, all of the movies. No, no, no. See, you didn't go see Blade Runner that first time. You know, we did. And we're like, it's not, it's not Han Solo. No, I like Star Wars. You know, that, was, that was the age that I was at at that time, right? Yes. Yeah. So, and then you were like, okay, Terry Gilliam, you got to really impress me these days because you've been so cool, you know, not being... He the was the only one out of out of the Monty Python people that I really respected. <laughs> you're American. You're American. Oh, because he's American, right? That's right. He's that's a, right. He's American. American. Yeah, I, I like John Cleese a lot, too. I liked all of them. Oh, I just didn't like Monty Python. Oh, <gasps> he said it. <laughs> wait. I used to. Wait, wait. Was there a, a guy named Monty Python? No. No, there was not. <laughs> Showing the full Monty Python, yeah. But anyway, how do we... We got off of Blade Runner. Here, we're talking about Blade Runner. And, and, it, and it's a... Uh, it's Continuation <laughs> of the story. Sequel? Okay, yeah. I don't want... I hesitate to call it a sequel. I was going to ask you it's that. A, uh, it's a continuation of the story that was... Um, is what the continuation of the story? Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah. oh, gotcha. Well, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's why I said it is It is pretty much a sequel. It just takes place a lot of years later. Yeah, there's one reason why. Because Decker, yeah. Deckard, Deckard shows up. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, Older. Yeah. yeah. Older. Which, which also, um, there was a whole controversy about whether Deckard was a replicant or not. Um, but Ridley Scott pretty much proved that he wasn't, right? Or did he? Yeah. Oh, well, come on. You 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 can do whatever you want. You you can't oppose origami. Yeah. Edward James Olmos, who played okay. and who played Ed, the role okay. Okay. of his partner. The combination of Edward James Olmos, almost, and origami. And origami. Yeah. No denying. Almost. But yeah. <laughs> My personal favorite out of all of the versions is the first one because it has a first-person narrative, and I'm a big f- film noir and just a noir fan. I love noir fiction, and the voiceover is one, I, admittedly, a trope of, of noir, but I like it. I, I like that personal aspect of the first, per- that the first person, and I think all the other ones kind of lost that. Um, it They... Because just by his actions, 
his humanity, I, it, I think his humanity is suspect. Um, that's all I can say. And I loved, and I loved the owl. And, uh, on the first movie, uh, who brought all this to, uh, the screen, uh, Douglas Trumbull from, uh, 2001. Right. Oh yeah. 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 He had, he had a Just lot. Just had that. And, and, yeah, the, the first time seeing uh, uh, Blade Runner on the big screen, uh, that it was pretty amazing. I mean, that was uh, you know everybody, the audience, viewing audiences were used to Star Wars and such, and all of a sudden you saw this dingy, gritty, gritty, under future and more, more, more realistic future mankind, and then. Uh, but it's uh, funny because it, you saw that gritty underbelly. What was the name of the corporation? The Tyrell Corporation? Tyrell, yes. When he goes up there, it's still gritty looking. Yes. It's still very sooty, dank. Something sooty like sooty. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the way that they did the ambience in the yeah. air. Yeah, and, it's and all the lighting. Hu- yeah, it's all very humid. It's all like there's, yes. like there's water on everything. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's a brilliant movie. Um, and like we said, it touches on, on a lot of things. We haven't even talked about the actual replicants. What Decker is uh, charged with doing is... Uh, chasing down a group of replicants who have who have come to Earth as rogues, and so pretty much the story uh, deals with that. Uh, then uh, Sean Young is thrown into the mix, who is a replicant, questioning humanity. What's what's well, that's a big question. What is human? You know, what what does it? It's yeah, also it it's mean? also it's also like showing what is it like if you have the exact date that you're going to die. Here's your life. Here's the day you're gonna die, <laughs> and and you know? being aware of it. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's what I mean. Very aware like, of it. Here's your expiration date. What are you gonna do up to that? And having to do the well, shittiest of jobs. Yes, that's the whole object of the replicants and their and why they Slave rebel labor. and come back. They try. They're trying to find their owner, who is played by. Uh, oh, what is that guy's name? Oh, what is his name? I want to say James Wong. No, he was there. He's in the, the eyeball guy. The He's eyeball in The Shining guy. too. Yeah. But, yeah, he was the eyeball guy, but I know name? who you're talking about. Oh, the guy no, played I'm, the bartender. I'm sorry, wrong guy. I thought you were talking about Tyrell. I thought oh, you were no, talking you about were, Tyrell. No, Tyrell's Tyrell. the owner. I'm talking about the 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 creator. Yeah, Tyrell. No, well, the mechanic or whatever you want to call him that puts the staff together. The the, the, the Chinese guy. Oh, James James Hong. Yeah, or, yeah, whatever. Wong? Wong is that his name? James Wong. I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me on well, that. Is that the guy that we met at uh, Horror House? Yeah, he he was the guy that yes. uh, he designed the eyeballs. Yes, he, yes, because he was in the in the cold room. Yes, yes. But yeah, it, 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 there are it, so, eyeballs on him. So the whole movie deals with mortality and what and you know what exactly is mortality too. Because there's a lot of more aspects, scientific aspects that go into what what a, a replicant is. Um, and Rutger Hauer is the prime. What's his name? I can't remember his name in the movie, um, but he's great. And uh, William Sanderson, um, if you know him, he he's actually uh, was a comedian when I first saw him. But then he plays the uh, the guy that makes the dolls, and uh, Daryl Hannah's character. E B. Oh, E B. E B. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's great. The movie just has a flavor to it. Uh, you it, know, it, when it first came out, it, it wasn't very well received. No. It didn't make a lot of money. It just wasn't I, yeah. very well received. I think it's because it was so far ahead of its time. You know, people just didn't and know how to how didn't to real, it. Yeah, didn't they, know how they to were They were used it. to the infantile, um, I shouldn't say infantile, I should say the, the prepubescent uh, mentality of the Star Wars movies. Um, and that's, you know, aimed at kids, and I'm not knocking that, that's what they're for, Blade Runner was not that. Blade Runner was not aimed at kids. Blade Runner was aimed at somebody that could actually think. And I think that stumped a lot of people. <laughs> Wait a minute, I have to think about this? No, I think a lot of it had to do with the narration. I think the narration really, the, the narrator sounds bored, 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 bored. So like if you're watching it and you're going, yeah, I think I'm, maybe I'm kind of bored too. And I think that's what happened to me the first time I watched that. You thought he, oh, you yes. thought he sounded bored. He sounds yeah, bored. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, you know, the ultimate version or whatever the, you know, most popular, I don't know what, you know, the critically acclaimed, that would be it. The critically acclaimed version um, doesn't have the narration. Right. Just, the, the only, and, the only one has of the, the versions re, yeah, and it is has, the first. It has, has yeah, it has the revised scenes yes. that definitively say, 
or no, okay, not definitively. I'm sorry. That my bad. It, it says that um, he might really be a replicant. Okay, so you're right. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, we don't. Really, <laughs> we don't really know. But it's a good movie. What do you think, Tar? You like the movie? Oh, I, the movie's brilliant, and I, yeah, I, nothing that hasn't been said. You know, just the visuals of themselves was just. I was just immersed in all that, and then. And as I said, the music very, is a very, very retro good. look to it too. The just, music really ties it together yes, too. I think yes. and that brings us to twenty forty nine, starring Ryan Gosling. And yeah, it, it's pretty seamless. I was. It, it, I, I. I have to admit. I went in to see it with some trepidation. I wasn't sure because I am such a fan of the original and I was, you know, really worried that they couldn't maintain. You know the one thing I just visually that I was expecting more of a wet look like you know like the original one. It was it was I think it was filmed it was a lot more stark uh, stark looking than the, than the, the Blade Runner has kind of a softness because of the of the humidity. And the the you know the haze, the, the, uh, haze, the ambience in the in the air, whereas uh, twenty forty nine doesn't. I thought you might be able to help me with the case. Any idea where I could find him? Your police plan on taking me in. I would much prefer that to the alternative. Civilization was built off the back of slaves. Replicants are the future, but I can only make so many. I had the luck, and he has the key. I think I found him. That's not possible. If this gets out, we've bought ourselves a war. The cinematographer for 2049 was Roger Deakins. We all know who Roger Deakins is, don't we? Gadfly? Coen Brothers? Coen Brothers. Oh, and, brother, where art thou? Yes, and, and, and others, a lot of other movies, but Coen Brothers. What a, a great cinematographer. Did he have anything to do with the, the recent one on Netflix? No, I don't think he did. Oh, uh, Altered Carbon? No, no, the the Coen Brothers movie. Oh, 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Buster Scraggs? Buster Scraggs. I don't know yeah, if he did. I don't, know if, Scruggs, I don't know if he did the Scruggs. cinematography on that or not. Or was it different people? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because some of them look. I didn't really look at the credits on that. I only saw, I've only seen it once, and I was kind of, you know, watching it here and there. I'm sorry to say. It, it's a it's a really good movie. But that's off the that's off the beaten no, track here. We're, yes, we're we're talking about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. No, I think I think the altered carbons uh, comment. I think that's a good thing because we could also talk about some really cool sci fi TV. There's a ton of that out there right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but just not right now. We're talking about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I I liked it. I thought it was well written. I liked Ryan Gosling in the in the lead role. It was a it was kind of a you know. Uh, a strange story which really added to it um and you know bringing decker back and uh yeah i i i i went in into it with trepidation and came out saying i like this movie that's that's nice that's a nice change of pace for that i mean lately it's like you see yeah sequels usually aren't, on, story, aren't all yeah. that good unless it's you know one of those you know crank them out type that you that are mindless so why is the new one so good I well, I think it's just because I, they're again they captured. Well, I think they took time to just to keep the same texture to know? a large degree. You and know, I mean, I mean, there were I know there's supposed to be years difference, but overall, you know, you think about it. it yeah, I, I think they did a good job, just visually too. Yeah, no, back. I agree. I think visually, it's a, it's a and, it's just, and that to me, good. that's a big factor though too, trying to make that. But the writing was also very good. Yes, you know, and it was. There again, it was an intricate plot that you know you you couldn't 
you didn't want to sit back and just eat your popcorn and right. not pay attention. You it, had to pay attention. Yeah, a detective. It, yes, it, a very good noir. Yeah. Uh, it was a noir, and it you know, it had all the noir aspects. You know, a detective, the kind of the kind of the hard bitten detective, cynical. You know, he was kind of cynical. Takes the brunt of the the violence for yeah. everyone, and yeah. just. So it, was he a replicant? Well, yes. What do you think of what the actor did, uh, Ryan Gosling? You know, that's the the main guy. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, like all these actors, we have Ryan Gosling is the the main uh, hunter, right? Yes. And then we have Dave Bautista. Yes. Who's great in it? Robin Wright. And Robin Wright. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always, always Robin Wright. Yeah, I love Robin Wright. Yeah, that's why I said this. the way the story, the way the story progresses, it, it's a, a progression. It, it, well, it, it's a it, it's a revelation. It's a story of revelation. You know, it, what's his name in the movie? What's his name? K. K. Oh, that's right. It's no name, just K. That's right. Oh, that's right. That's why I couldn't remember his name. I'm not real good with the alphabet, kids. But. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Where's the P? Run down my leg. Oh man, there's an old joke. But a boom. But I, I do like that. I do like that idea though of that of the machines actually and the machines and humans actually. There's that transition point. Now we can breed. You know what I mean? It's just that whole. Yes. Cross. I, that, that's an amazing, yeah. And it, you know, uh, what was it? Prometheus tried to their techno race or whatever it was, wasn't it? In Prometheus, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the whole gist of that too? Yes, yes. It was just. There's another interesting. Movie. That's another movie we could talk about someday. Which one? Prometheus. Oh, definitely. Yes. That there's, whole series. That whole series. That's right. There's, there, there's a lot. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, the net. Yeah, that whole concept of the technology driven. Yeah. Well, it's a mythos. I mean, that's you know that whole like space horror alien. That's mythology now. Well, and, yes, and the technological factor though too. You know, this is machinery invading flesh, taking it over. You know, that was. Uh, I am not a Borg. Yeah. I think that's Bjorg. Oh, I'm not a Bjorg either. I'm not a Bjorg. <laughs> well, there you have it. I don't know. What else can we say about Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049? Go out and buy the uh, soundtrack. Watch, Get watch the soundtrack. Both, it's, yes. it's brilliant. Now, watch yeah. both of them back Here, to back. Yeah, here's what I would ask. Are they equal movies? Uh, They're not in my, in my opinion. Okay, which that, one's better? The original Blade Runner is better for me. Okay, why? I just think that it, I, I, it was the one that broke the new ground and stuff. I mean, it, it broke was, new it ground just, and it, yeah, it conveyed a certain aspect of science fiction that hadn't really been conveyed before, which, uh, you know, I'm going to use the term. It's kind of applicable is cyberpunk. And that's pretty much what it becomes. The, that, yeah, well, and that, that was be- the big trend. And not only that, I just think that the, the, I think and here I'm going to get all arsy on you, but I think the mise-en-scene of the original Blade Runner, thanks to Sid Mead and Trumbull, is just absolutely evocative of what they tried to portray. The whole concept of the, the sci-fi noir, the, that whole, the atmosphere to the whole thing. It's just... And 2049 beautiful. seems to be, is, is a starker, uh, not, I don't know, there, it doesn't seem to be as much texture to the movie. Oh, that, that's a good um, for, description. For some reason. That's a good I, description. It's still a really good movie. Don't get me wrong. I really like it. Yeah, and, and I really like watching back to back. That works really well. Yeah, so um, check them out. Murdoch, behave. Hey, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Um, what time is it, Tar? It's time... Or... It's time to open the briefcase, isn't it, Tar? Sure, yes. Open brief, that briefcase, out of Tar. The briefcase. You know what's in the briefcase here? Let open, open it. Let me open it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for <laughs> the crew picks of the week. Oh, and they are picks. 
Oh, sound effects provided by Dr. Tar. Foley Studios. Or Morton Dom. Morton Dom, Dom Foley Studios, yes. <laughs> Foley Studios and Emporium. Anyway. <laughs> okay. We have pick? three movies like we did last week. What's your pick? My pick. Okay, my pick is that 1954 movie, Killers from Space. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wait, 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 do it again. It's the timing that impresses me. (laughs) Okay, here we go. That that 1954 classic, classic. Killers (laughs) from Space. (laughs) Okay, never mind. It was huge in here. Made by, uh, uh, there we go. go. Oh, now we got it. (laughs) Uh, Jerry. Someday. <laughs> anyway, Killers from Space, starring Peter Graves, James Arness's brother, and uh, that raving beauty, Barbara Bestar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is one of my uh, favorite movies from the early 50s. Really? Oh, no. No, no, wait. No, it really isn't. It was a Mr. Big production, wasn't it? No, Bernie wait. Gordon. Wait, 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 wait. What's, yes. na- what's the name of this movie? Killers, Killers from, from space. The frightening bulb-eyed men, a billion strong, set to destroy the Earth. The human race lulled into a false sense of security, except for one scientist who dared probe the secret of this terrifying plan. They're here. Going to destroy us. It's all right, Dr. Martin. You're with friends. You'll be all right. He'll kill everyone. We've got to stop them. Easy, Doug. Easy. Who are you? A scientist like yourself. Where do you come from? From a planet yet unknown to you. (laughs) This movie is an alien abduction movie. Aliens abduct Peter Graves, who's an atomic scientist. And 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 the aliens are... This is why I like the movie. The aliens are some of the coolest looking aliens you've ever seen. They have these ping pong ball buggy eyes that just are just great. And I really and I like all of their uh, special effects when he's running through the the uh, uh, caves and sees all the giant insects. Big, big bugs. Big bugs. It's a big bug movie with uh, with monkey sounds. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is a great movie. Um, probably take a good hour out of your life. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, if you really want to be entertained, you should watch the version of Killers from Space by Tar and Feathers Psycho Cinema. I heard they are great. They are great. And this is one of their best. This is their first movie ever. But I would recommend getting their 10th anniversary edition because that's a little better. It's Uh, tweet. It's tweet. (laughs) It's very tweet. But anyway. This is a great movie. You can pick it up anywhere for like $2. So <laughs> go out and watch it. No, if you order it from our website, which is uh, tarandfeather.com, that's T-A-R-R-F-E-T-H-E-R dot C-O-M. That's tarandfeather.com. You can go to the gifts shop and order one for a mere five bucks. A mere... Mere. Mere five bucks, mere. Tar. What... What do you think about that? That's amazing. I think so, I too. I think I'm going to order all of them. Oh. What's your pick? Uh, my, my movie pick for this week, well, <laughs> The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Some men are afraid of ghosts. That's kid stuff. Uh, do haunted houses scare you? <laughs> They're mortar, stone, and wood. Well, <laughs> oh, good, because you're going to spend the murder night in the Simmons house alone. Some men are afraid of their shadows. Some shadows are afraid of their men. So what is brave? How should I know? I'm chicken. <laughs> when I was uh, growing up, this I don't ask me why. This just probably came on and filled an afternoon. Who started that? Uh, Don Knotts. <laughs> Who Don else? Knotts. Who else was in I'm that? I'm starring in this movie. Who else starred in that movie? Uh, well, a lot of people from uh, 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 Andy Griffith show. A lot of people from the Andy Griffith show. Go 
I was going to say it, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I almost did. What? Imagine that. Imagine that. It's <laughs> my new catchphrase, kids. Imagine that. It's, anyway. go, it's Gomer Pyle. Gomer. <laughs> Gomer. So anyway, the ghost and anyway, Mr. Chicken. Anyway, this movie, it just brings back a lot of childhood stuff. It was just, it was funny. I think it's funny. It's such a weird I think the humor in the movies. What movie? What year did this come out? Sixty-six. Sixty-six. And it's supposed to take place somewhere in Ohio. Anyway, it also was playing on the monster stuff around the time, you know, the ghost, and you know, playing in the haunted house and all that stuff. Kind of like it has that monster go home feel to it. Actually, it kind of it, it was on the same billing as that in a lot of the drive-in circuits and stuff. I, I think I probably saw it at the drive-in. Oh, did you? But actually, I I'm went sorry. with my wife-to-be, and uh, <laughs> we probably didn't see much of the movie because yeah. she used to buy me beer. Who the hell's Don Knotts? <laughs> anyway, the movie, yeah. And, and, there's just something about the movie that makes me laugh. It, it just has Probably this, Don Knotts. Well, no, actually, no. It's just that whole ambience of this movie. It's just weird. It, well, he's I mean, like, I'm sorry. What's what's he's the story? To be the bumbling typeset, a typist in uh, some little newspaper shop, and wants to be the big time reporter. Okay, so yeah, and there's this older type janitor type guy that tells him that it's supposed to be the anniversary of the Simmons murders, and so he thinks he's going to get a big scoop, and so he goes spends the night. Of course, all the all the the the. Gahoffery <laughs> that ensues because Gahoffery. Be, you know, if he spent, it's this typical haunted house stuff, but it's just a funny, weird, there's a weird fear, feel to the whole movie, and it just makes me laugh. You know, that whole scene where he's like trying to give the speech, you know, you hear the guy, off voice, off voice guy yelling, at a boy, will, you know, What's his name? Luther. Luther Figs. Luther Figs. Luther Figs. I mean, that's what I meant. Figs. I know you meant that, Feather, with all your sincerity. All my sincerity. (laughs) But anyway, just late at night, give it a chance. After all the alcohol is just secret flowing through your body, just give it a chance. I thought it was kind of funny. How about you, Gadfly? Well, I'm talking about Phantasm. I Ooh, think, Phantasm. I, I think Phantasm is it's great. Phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind. A phantom. A spirit. A ghost. For nearly four decades, it has been contained. But evil always has a way of breaking free. Tommy's gone. <laughs> it's hard to believe. It was a good idea not to let your little brother come to the funeral. Hey, I don't like this place. Something weird is going on up there. The funeral is about to begin, sir. <laughs> What's wrong with you? There's something up there. I saw it. Got some kind of an overactive imagination or something? I know you're not gonna believe this, but these things were here. Oh, give me a break. I don't know what year it was made in. I don't care. Uh, All I know is that, like, when I watch, no, yeah, yeah. same year as Star Wars, I think. Seventy-seven. Yes. Oh, nice. I uh, I didn't really start loving this movie until about a year ago, at the age of fifty. <laughs> you know, and go, and I thought. Oh, this is really cool. I don't know what's going on here. So I'm watching this movie that evokes my childhood, right? 70s, late 70s, early 80s. And uh, it's really, it's really fucking weird. I mean, it's a, it's an interdimensional, create some dwarves that do some work that uh, make some little balls with spirits in them. And those spirits come flying at you and pierce you in the eyeball. Right, I mean, it's so. I mean, it's just a really weird premise for the whole movie. And I think uh, we originally saw it on VHS, or did we see it at the movie? Yeah. Well, when you first saw it, though, you didn't know the rest of the storyline. You just saw it had that original movie, 
And that was just so bizarre that it, it just kind of very bizarre movie, I think. When they and they just finished it too, like the you know just like a couple of years ago, Ravager. Yes, yes. And you're like, uh, it just couldn't have been weirder. And here's why I really loved it. Uh, that first one I watched it, and there was a part where he was up in his room, the the kid, the main kid from the first movie. I don't know his name either. It doesn't matter. Like it's it's a story that I'm caring about. He's sitting there, and uh, something happens, and he looks over on his night table next to his bed, and there's a Rogers Elasny book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I thought, okay. Coscarelli's okay, because he put cool. that in there. That's the director. I bet he knew. He knew it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know he knew it, because if you, if you really watch the story... That story is like what Zelazny is like. Yes. It is not really paying any attention to rules. It's really just connecting weirdness with weirdness and a good story. You put weirdness and a good story together, yes. you get something new. And good actors. Yes. There are good actors in Phantasm. I mean, it's that, to me, that's a big, it's a big factor. To make things, you know, even more believable and and enjoyable, it's just having good acting. Yep. So many of the movies we talk He's about done, uh, doesn't have good acting. Corsell has done pretty well with uh, what he did. His movie, they're usually on the low budget side, but yes. he usually ends up with fairly decent actors. So there you have it. All three movies, the brief out of the briefcase. Close <laughs> brief. that briefcase no. up. Brief. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Tar and Feather wrapping it up tonight. Unsane Radio is a TNF production. Visit us at www. Do we even say www anymore? You don't have to. Unsaneradio.com. That's unsaneradio.com. What was it? Unsane. I thought so. Also, visit us at tarandfeather.com. Oh, well, yeah. Tarandfeather.com. Check us out. Tarandfeather.com. I'm stripping right now. Comments, suggestions. Unsaneradio at gmail.com. And we welcome all comments and suggestions. (laughs) Please, any. We've got Twitter. Find us. Unsane Radio on Twitter. Unsane Radio. At Unsane Radio. How about covers it, bud? What do you think, Tar? Sure. Hey, covers it. I'm out of here. Just like a fresh I think I'm out of here. Check it out. I'm industrial dancing. <laughs>